As you know, last week, uh, Tom started, Tom said that we're really excited about this vision series. To look at vision, Tom uh, took us on a journey of the past, which I thought was pretty exciting because I wasn't here. I've only been here for eight years. In fact, the year they built, built, bought the land is the year that I was born. So if you are 45 or younger, 46 or younger because I was the end of the year, 46 or younger, this, we, this land has been owned by Elam since before you were born, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, so then they said purchase the land in 19, 1978. <laughs> I was December though, so I'm still only 45, right? <laughs> Even though my husband is only 41 today. He didn't come up for chocolate. <laughs> I know I look so much younger than him, don't I? Our word for the year is nexus, as you've seen in that clip, which means connected momentum. We firstly obviously need to be connected to God, and then we obviously want to be connected to each other, and we want to move together into all that God is calling us to do as individuals, as family units, and as a church family, connected momentum. Our three-part series, Tom uh, said last week that it was broken into three parts, the past the present, and the future. Tom talked about a Maori proverb, which I'm probably going to say wrong, and I even just asked him, how do you pronounce that again? But I can't remember what he said. Is it Kamua Kamori? Is that how how he said it? That doesn't sound right, doesn't it? I even listened to it like three times. (laughs) Anyway, it's a Maori proverb. It said, walking backwards into the future. It speaks of looking at our past to inform us what our future is. Our present... This is a bit of a tongue-tie, what I'm going to say. I actually had to really, like, think about it. But our present is yesterday's vision. Tom talked about that. Tom talked about uh, in the past, people dreamed of what we're doing right now. If you go to Richmond View School, in 1978, they bought this, so 45 years ago, they bought this massive piece of land for your school. 45 years ago, someone dreamed that you would be sitting in our classrooms having Christian education. Hold that for a moment. We're experiencing living now because people were brave enough to dream. On the same note, this very gets complicated, our present is tomorrow's past. That's right, isn't it? Our present is tomorrow's past. What are we doing right now in our present that the future generation is going to live in and reap? What are we dreaming now that people that are not even born yet are going to get to experience in this place. Psalm 78, verses 5 to 8. He decreed the statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, that they would turn and tell their children. And then they would put, God, put their trust in God and they would not forget his deeds but would always keep his commands. 
Oh, that's not the end of this verse, is it? <laughs> so, sorry, but it sounds good. good they would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. Our responsibility, like you've heard me say probably at least 300 times, is to hand on to the next generation faith. Is to hand on to our children so our children's 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 children will know God, will turn to him. Psalm 19 verse 1, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Put up your hand here if you have more than uh, one generation that has been like through Richmond View, through Elam. There's a few of you, I know there is. Yeah, Maria, you should have your hand up. <laughs> Kerry, you should have your hand up because you know you're part of that, you know, like. And so this is it. This is what the Bible talks about, that you, Lord, you have been our dwelling place through the generations, that you can imagine your children, your children's children, or your nieces, your nephews, your, your adopted family, the people that you may not be blood related to, but that you adopt in this community, that through generations they would know God. Sowing and reaping. Today we reap what others sowed, but we must continue to sow for the future. Today we reap what others sowed, but what are we sowing now for the future? Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6 Plant your seeds early in the morning and keep working the fields until dark. Who knows? Your work might pay off and your seeds might just produce. Who knows? Who feels like they've, in their life, planted a lot of seeds? Just in faith, in prayer, in love to one another, in kindness. And we don't always see those seeds grow. But the Bible says your work might pay off and your seeds might just produce. Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9, you cannot fool God, so don't make a fool of yourselves. You will harvest what you plant, if you follow, but if you follow in your selfish desires, you will harvest destruction. But if you follow the Spirit, you will harvest eternal life. Don't get tired of helping others. You will be rewarded when the time is right. Don't give up. When we talk about a vision series, or the vision of the church, it doesn't, it doesn't actually change. God, God gave a mandate to the church a very long time ago. We're not about to start changing that. But I like the concept that our vision isn't a destination. It's a pathway. Our vision is a journey. It's a pathway. It's a destination. It's kind of like, has anyone tried to find the end of a rainbow? I know when I was little, I was like, let's try and get to the end of the rainbow. And you know, if you know anything about rainbows, you never do, because it always moves. You get closer and go, yeah, it's going to be just here, and then you, it moves away. And so it's kind, of, it's kind of like that, not to be like morbid about it, but it's kind of like that, that our destination, our vision is a pathway, but we really never reach the end. There's not really ever um, a getting there. There's a never arrive. We've never finished because God always has more. There will always, you know, as long as there's future generations until Jesus returns, there will always be more to dream, more to vision, more to invest, more to sow. There's no room for sitting back, patting ourselves on the back and going, oh, haven't we done a great job? Yes, there's absolutely room for celebration. There's absolutely room for wins along the way, for sitting back and saying, wow, this is what we dreamed. 
This is what somebody dreamed. This is what we believe God was doing. Well, look what God has done. But we're not done until Jesus returns. If we look at three parts, past, present, and future, the constant vision in, all the, in the past, the present, and the future is the village. It is the family. It is us working together, connected momentum. We're a village of many parts, one thriving community with a central gathering point, which is here, the church. Now, if you don't mind outing yourself on your age, I'm going to do a little survey. If you don't want to, that's fine. If you don't want to, that's fine. There are generations that sit, not necessarily in this room because we sent some of them out, <laughs> but there are generations in this place. Can you raise your hand, only if you want to, but this one would be particularly exciting because there won't be as many of you. If you are 80 or over, look, look, one, two, three, look. Very good, okay. If you are 60 or over, oh, I missed 70, didn't I? I'll go back to that. If you are 70 or over, so that's obviously going to still be something, okay? If you are 50 or over, 40 or over, 30 or over, 20 or over, a teenager. Very good. I hope that you were having just a little look around. If you are five and under, River, put up your hand. <laughs> um, children, there are some children in the room, so they can wave. Um, hopefully you looked around and realized that this is about the generations. No one has missed. Every single one of you is important. And we celebrate the fact that you're here. We celebrate the fact that you are here being part of this connected momentum. We celebrate all that you achieve. We celebrate uh, what we corporately achieve for the kingdom. We love you. We love our village and we love the family. And that's what the present is about. The present is about this here now, bringing life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into the world that's not changed. The fact of the matter is in, our, in this house, one third of you are part of the dream team. If you don't know what the dream team is, the dream team is people that serve in every area of the church through the week, Friday youth group, Sunday morning. One third of you serve on the dream team, and we, that's what we see as ownership. We see you as being part of it. Because, you know, there's a saying that goes around churches that says 10% of the people do 90% of the work. That's not the case in our village. And that's, we're grateful for you. There's so much good that is happening now in this place. You're very quiet. I'm struggling with how quiet you are. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much good that's happening in this place. The school is basically full, is that quite close to, or full, or going to be full? Very, very close to being full. Super Kids is at its, it's the biggest it's been, and I, I, I think when they, before they had a little bit more health and safety restrictions, and your number ratios, and they used to like go-kart down the riverbed, and I think maybe they had more then, but that, Super Kids is at a great position. Youth group, as we've heard, is growing like weeds, like teenagers. <laughs> like flowers. She'd rather be flowers. Wild flowers, I'd suggest, but flowers. Weeds grow quicker than flowers, but anyway. <laughs> Sundays are growing. Children's ministry is growing, thriving. They've started a new program. It looks to be going really well. Connect groups, connection. The worship team is growing. 
we are stepping back in one of those moments of time and we're celebrating going, wow, God, look at what you're doing. But it's not a time to step back and, you know, take anything for granted. It's not a time to step back, pat ourselves on the back because whatever we don't water, like wildflowers, not so much weeds, doesn't grow. It dies. We are connected and we are moving together. I don't believe it's a mistake that God called the body of Christ, the, the church the body of Christ because the body, the body of Christ needs full health, much like the physical body. Humans and the church have a lot of crossover. Well, humans are the church, aren't they? But um, if the body is not healthy, if one part of the body is not healthy, the whole body doesn't feel good. Physically speaking, if one part of the body is sore and in trouble, it affects the whole body. You know, I had a, a foot operation many years ago, and because my foot had hurt for a long time before that operation, I'd started to sort of walk on the side of my foot. I had the operation, thought everything would be fine. Well, it wasn't because I couldn't use my big toe anymore, and I couldn't stand straight because I had been taking the pressure off, off walking on my foot. And so I, I literally had to go to physio to learn how to use my big toe again. I know that sounds weird, right? But actually, I had lost strength in my big toe. So, you know, when you go up and tip toes, you use your big toe. When you walk, you use your big toes. They're quite important. And so if you're walking funny for a long time, you, who would have thought that the big toe would be so important? <laughs> it's much like that with the church. We need every part of the church to be healthy and going well. Ephesians 4 verse 11, Christ alone, Christ Christ chose some to be apostles, prophets, missionaries, pastors, and teachers, so his people would learn to serve and the body would grow strong. Ephesians 4 verse 16, then we, then, we grow, then we will grow in every way to be more like Christ, the head of the body. Christ holds it together and makes all of his parts work perfectly as it grows and becomes stronger because of love. If you've got kids, I know that you want the church to have a successful kids ministry, Correct? If you've got a teenager, you want, the, you want the church to have a successful youth ministry. You want the youth ministry to be good so your kids want to go. If your kids are growing up or you don't have kids, you, wanna, you want a good connect group to be part of. You want Sunday mornings to go really well. You want it to be, if you're a, a single 20-year-old, you want, or not a single 20-year-old, a 20-year-old, a young adult, you want a good young adults ministry. I feel like I've got foot and mouth today, but anyway. But the ministry that you're interested in is only as strong as, it's, as the whole lot. It's only as strong and successful as the next ministry because if we have a great children's ministry but not a great youth ministry, then your children are going to come through children's ministry and have nothing great to go to, and so on and so forth. They support each other. They're stronger because the other ones are stronger. As a whole body and as a church, for full church health, we can't only care about the things that impact us and our family, our immediate family. For full body health, for full body church, we have to care about all the aspects of the church. And I love that we have a lot of young adults that serve in youth. We have a lot of youth that serve in children's ministry. That is whole body health, and that is exciting. We know that not everyone... Uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, but not everyone is necessarily here forever. 
You might be passing through Blenheim. You might be at a stage in your life that you're here. But your part is very important. And I think, <clears throat> I wasn't going to talk about this, but my, we dropped our daughter to university last weekend. And for everyone who's done that, you all know. I feel like someone needed to, to warn me, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's good. She's great. She's, she's going to have a great time. She's an amazing young lady. But see, as I drove away, it, 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 I realized, and it wasn't until I drove away, that I realized that that phase of parenting her, I hope she's not watching, that phase of parenting her was actually over. Like, obviously, we've graduated. You know, she, I wasn't telling her what she could and couldn't do anymore. She's like, oh, I think I might go and do this. And, and I'd say, is that, do you think that's in your best interest? And she's like, no, nah, probably not, but I'm going to go do it anyway, you know. It's more like going out with your friends when you've just worked eight hours a day or whatever. But, um, <laughs> and the thing is, is we moved here when Bailey was nine, and she's had this phase of time here in this house. And obviously, she's going to come back for holiday or whatever. But, but actually, she now needs to go to another home church where she will grow. And she's had a part to play in this church. And that's the same with you. Wherever life takes you, you might not necessarily be here in this house forever, but actually life has brought you here and your role here right now is important. Your place here right now is important. Whether you're here for a short time or a long time, God has brought you in and your part to play is no more important or less important than someone that may have been here all their lives. Much like Tom talked about, I know, the New York um, train station. Has anyone ever been to the Times Square subway station? Oh, less than I thought there would be. So I lived in New York for six months. And there is nothing more overwhelming than <laughs> coming from New Zealand and trying to take a train into New York. Uh, I don't think there's anything. The, the confusion you feel, the complexity of you just got on, like you got on the right train, but it's going in the wrong direction. Or you got on the right color line, but you didn't get on at the right time, so you think it's three stops away, but it's actually five stops away, or vice versa. Um, <clears throat> thank goodness, so he talked about, Tom talked last week about the Times Square being the nexus of the, sub, of the underground system in New York. Thank goodness our nexus, where we're connected, is not quite as complicated. But you know what? You know who's not lost at a New York subway station? Hmm? New Yorkers, locals, or someone with a local. And so can I suggest to you, don't get lost here. Find your fit, find your place, find someone to connect with, do growth track, join a connect group, invite someone around for a meal, connect with someone else. Don't be a sole cog in the connected momentum. Actually connect. <laughs> I wrote here, find, know your place, but I didn't mean that in a minute. Know your place. I mean, and I like, know where you fit. I did change it. Know where you fit. Know that you belong. Know that whatever house that God takes you to, in your future, you're part of the body of Christ. And we are all joined. You know, we talk about uh, Nexus having connected momentum here, but actually that's the body of Christ across the nation, and it should be across the world. We are one body. We are one family. Find your place. Make sure you fit. Connect. Hebrews, connect. Oh, right here. Come to church. Every week. Connect. Yeah. 
Come to church. Hebrews 10 verse 23. Some people have given up the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. As churches tend to grow, I haven't actually heard this here, but as churches tend to grow, you tend to hear people say, hmm, people that have been around for a while, I'm just not sure there's a place for me here anymore. I'm just not sure I fit here anymore. Can I say, yes, you do, 100% yes? If you're new to the church, sometimes you, you come to a new church and, oh, well, it's quite big. It looks to be going quite well. I don't know if there's anything I could do or help it or support it in any way. Can, I don't know if there is a place for me here. So, you know, if you've been everywhere, you might, I don't know if there's a place for me here anymore. Yes, there is. I don't know if there's a place for me in this new place. Yes, 100 times there is. Matthew 5 verse 37 said, then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the, Lord for a ha- ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send the workers into the harvest field. There will never be enough people in the church for the harvest that God wants to bring, for the souls that God wants saved. There will never be enough of us serving. There will never be enough of us here. Church is growing, and that's amazing. It's absolutely fabulous. But I did a little bit of math. My math teacher will be proud. You may all want to check it. But <laughs> In Marlborough, as of June 2020, there was 39,200 people that lived in, no, 49,000, sorry. 49,000, see, I'm not great with numbers, but 49 doesn't give you much confidence, does it? But <laughs> 49,200 people that live in Marlborough as of June 2020. Have you lived, moved here since before June, since, uh, since June 2020? Put up your hand. So just count you, one, two, three, so 49,230 people maybe. <laughs> which makes our Sunday service numbers 0.7% of Marlborough. If we go like, let's be kinder to ourselves, and let's go with Blenheim, as of June 2020, 28,200. It still makes our Sunday services 1.2% of Blenheim. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers is few. There is a place for you. Every believer is a minister. Every believer has a part to play in growing the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6. Actually, I'm doing quite a lot of 1 Corinthians 12, but I broke it up. But 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them... and. But in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. We all play a different part. We all have a different role. But the same God leads us. The same God guides us. The same God has the one vision to see people know him, grow closer to him. Wherever you are on the the journey, wherever place that God has you serving, it's still all about people growing closer to God. Who's good at reading out loud? Who's going to come read this for me? I think I need someone else to read. Come on, Sam. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, 
so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these, those, oh, see, here we go. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. It's good for us all to know our strengths and weaknesses. Reading is not mine. Well, no, I can read very well. I just, out loud, I just, it doesn't go well. We're all part of one body. Now, I, I, I felt to say that um, you may not necessarily be serving on the dream team, but you are still playing a part in the body because God has seasons. God has seasons where you come and go from things. God has seasons for you to do. God, the part that you might be playing in the body may be out in your workplace. It, it, the body is not, we are the body that goes out into the world. It's not just in these four walls that we consider you serving part of the body, but actually we, we sounds a bit macabre almost, we're one body and we all separate out and we go out into the world and we show Jesus to wherever we are. We show people faith, we show people trust, we show people joy. Ephesians 3, 7 to 12, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the, the boundless riches of Christ and to, be, and to make plain to everyone the administration of the mystery, which for the ages past was kept hidden by God who created all things. His intent was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose he has accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through him, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. 
We are part of this one body, but God's ultimate plan is that we would take him out into the world. That people would meet Jesus because you know Jesus and you went out and you showed them Jesus. We've been looking at the past, here it is in the present, but nothing changes. That God's mandate on the church is to, is to shine Jesus, to go out into all the world to make disciples, to bring life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into our world. We all have a part to play in that vision. We're all part of the one vision, we're all connected. Can I have the worship team, please? We're all connected. We're all part of this one vision, this one mandate that God has on Christians. Can I encourage you to really seek God, to really say to God, what is my part to play in this connected momentum? Am I, am I connected? Consider, are you connected? Consider the part that he would have you play. Consider the people, like Stephanie said before, a person that you might need to share Jesus with out in the world. Can you take a moment to hold your life before God and ask Him what your part is, where your place is?